When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I spit it through the wire, man. Too much stuff on my heart right now, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Destination Debbie Waiver Wire Show. I'm your host, Ike. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at just underscore Ico9. And as you guys know, I am one half of the Off the Line Fantasy Football podcast, dropping every Thursday on the Destination Debbie Radio Network with my uh, co-host Eugene. You can follow him on Twitter at Fantasy Genes. That's G-E-N-E-S. Um, but today we're just going to go through some waiver wire pickups uh, for week two. And, you know, we are mostly through week one of the uh, 2023 season, a wild week. Um, a, a bad week of injuries, a bad week of injuries um, at the time of this recording. I am recording during the Monday night game and we got news about Aaron Rodgers uh, being injured and he got carted off and he has a boot on his leg. So um, he's probably not going to return to that game. So that's another unfortunate injury. Just kind of kind of stockpiles a lot of the injuries and we'll, we'll get to those uh, here in a second. But, you know, for, for week one, we saw a lot of surprises um, good and bad. Uh, we saw a lot of players that we expected big things from, you know, completely face plant. We saw some uh, other, you know, other players that we had high expectations for, and they pretty much delivered in a big way. Um, but going into week two, uh, this is one of the best times to kind of assess your rosters and make, you know, necessary adjustments. Um, we also have to remember that, you know, just because you won week one and, you know, in convincing fashion, your, your teams went off. Um, it's important to remember that, you know, you didn't win the league after one week. Everybody's a contender after week one. So, uh, and, and on the flip side of that, obviously, if you, you know, had a dud, um, you had players not show up, you know, like Drake London and other players like that, it's important not to panic, not to make any irrational or drastic changes. Um, just stay the course, trust your process, and, you know, just continue to you know, continue to, uh, to press on and push forward. Um, you All teams, no matter what, you know, what stage you're at, you need to be looking to the waiver wire for options to, you know, turn the bottom of your rosters because chances are you got players at the end of your bench that you'll probably never, that they'll, they'll probably never see a starting lineup, right? I mean, they won't, they won't have a snowball's chance in hell of touching your lineup with the exception of bye weeks. And, you know, we'll get to those heavy bye weeks, week seven, uh, week nine, week 10, uh, week 13. Um, those are the heavy bye weeks uh, this year, but you know we'll cross that bridge um, whenever we get there. Um, so yeah, you know another another thing, another word of advice. It is important to understand that while some players may break out in week one that you completely unexpect, um, you have to make sure that a lot of that production or that production is pretty sustainable. 
right? You don't want to be fooled um, by guys who, you know, they catch, you know, three passes for, you know, 90 yards and two touchdowns, but they only play like half the snaps and get a low target share. That kind of production like that, not really, not really sustainable. But, you know, we'll talk about a guy like, uh, you know, Puka Nakua, who had 15 targets and caught 10 passes. Um, now, now, obviously, that's without Cooper Cup. And, you know, whenever Cooper Cup gets back, then he'll he'll you know resume resume that role but you want to you want to bet on guys like that and and use fab on guys like that because they played a lot of the snaps they you know 90% route participation things like that that you want to make sure that you you know you, you you take a chance on um and those are type those are the type of difference makers um that can help you win weeks um you know during the season so it's you, you need to look you look to guys like that uh, to make sure that you know you're not being fooled by you know uh, by, by false production now, with that in mind, um, I'm going to run through some players with varying availabilities in Yahoo, Sleeper, and ESPN leagues, basically the main three platforms that everybody plays fantasy on um, that may have flashed some uh, uh, flash potential, had opportunity, and they should be at or near the top of your you know waiver priority list uh, ahead of week two. But before I do that, before I get into that, um, let's let's run through, quickly run through some of these injuries that we saw yesterday. Because, man, we had a ton, a ton of injuries, a ton of injuries. Um, the biggest one was J.K. Dobbins tearing his Achilles. Uh, he's out for the season. So that that's unfortunate for me because I had a lot of a lot of best ball exposure to uh, J.K. Dobbins over 20 percent. So that's not good. And, you know, it, it was it was happening for him. He was dominating the snap share, dominating the opportunity share and dominating the target share of the backfield. And it was unfortunate. Um, but now we we gotta you know the sh- the show must the show must go on the show must go on, um, and then we'll obviously have we'll, we'll talk about you know what we'll do with that backfield here here in a second. Um, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Packers running back. He hurt his hamstring on that on that last touchdown that he scored um, in, in the I think third or fourth quarter. Um, he said that he felt it bite, so it's not necessarily oh, it's not overly serious according to what he said. He said he's he's pulled his hamstring before and it didn't feel like that. And he's pulled it much worse. So that's, I guess, a little bit of encouraging news uh, going into week two. But we'll have to see how his, you know, practice participation is uh, throughout the week. Um, so that's something to monitor there. Um, Austin Eckler just, you know, popped up today, um, you know, has an ankle injury. And Brandon Staley is not entirely sure what his uh, practice participation is going to be this week. So his status is unknown. We saw Joshua Kelly take 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. So he should be priority waiver ad in, in, in most of your leagues. He's not widely owned um, across all the three major platforms. So that's another guy that you need to kind of have your kind of have your eyes on uh, this week for, uh, during the waiver period. Uh, and we have Deontay Johnson. He hurt his hamstring, pulled his hamstring, bad ha- bad hamstring pull. Uh, unfortunately, we 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 wanted it we wanted it to happen for him this year. Um, hope hopefully it still can. Um, but it it appears like he's gonna probably. Um, be out um, for at least at least the next couple of weeks um, because it doesn't seem like it's one of those you know light hamstring uh, pulls that you know that that players can kind of come back from and and play a limited snap share. Uh, we have Greg Dolchich tied in for the Broncos, hurt his leg. Uh, he was immediately ruled out, so that does not sound good. And we saw Adam Troutman play seventy two percent snaps um, in his place, but I think Adam Troutman was working ahead of him um, anyways. So that's that's another situation to monitor. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a head injury um, during the game, but I think he came back. 
Uh, Mike Williams briefly left wide receiver for the Chargers. He briefly left the game, but I think he came back as well. Um, and then Evan Hull running back for the Colts. Uh, he hurt his knee. He was immediately ruled out. That entire Colts backfield is a mess. Is a complete mess. It's it's mostly an avoid for me. I know Zach Moss could potentially be coming back next week, but even then, like I wouldn't be prioritizing him on the waiver wire because he's probably he doesn't have that much upside. He does not have the much upside. Uh, he's just a you know between the tackles grinder, first and second downs. Not going to give give you much in the passing game. And most of you guys play in PPR leagues, so I don't think he's going to hold that much value uh, for you. And then Anthony Richardson, he hurt his knee. I think he'll be okay. Um, I think he just kind of tweaked it, but he was taking a lot of hits. He was taking a lot of hits uh, yesterday, so hopefully he can you know learn from this and try to slide more, not take on so much contact. I know you're six four, two forty, but it, it 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 pays to slide sometimes. You're the franchise guy. You don't want to you don't want to injure yourself this early on in your career. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and get into get into some of these pickups. Uh, the biggest one um, from the running back position that we want to touch on really quick. Kyron Williams uh, for the Rams. Uh, he's 5% owned on Yahoo, 10% on ESPN, and 6% on Sleeper. Um, he outsnapped, weirdly outsnapped Cam Akers 53 to 28. Uh, he ran 29 pass routes to Cam Akers 4, and that was actually top five route participation percentage on the week amongst running backs at 74%. He he rushed 15 times for 52 yards and two touchdowns, um, and he had two, two receptions for two yards. Um, he was the RB10 on the week. So he he thoroughly outplayed uh, Cam Akers, and for for whatever reason, it's it seems like the same story every year. Sean McVay decides to play another running back over Cam Akers, um, and I think this time this this might be some sustainable uh, um, usage patterns going forward. So I think Kyron Williams could be a a guy that could can help you win weeks. Um, he might be a priority priority add um, this week in waiver wires. Go, moving on to Chicago. Roshan Johnson. I think Roshan Johnson is a back to own in Chicago. He's 16% on on Yahoo, 21% on ESPN, 30 on Sleeper. The big, the biggest damage that he did was through the passing game. Um, he had six catches for 35 yards and seven targets. He ran 18 routes, had a 39% target rate, which is really good for a running back. Didn't do much on the ground, five carries for 20 yards, but he did, he did have their lone rushing touchdown, and he finished as the RB9 on the week. Um, in the out snap, Khalil Herbert, he out snapped uh, Deontay Foreman, and he was the primary third down back. And so, and this was a role that he he held in preseason, and you know a role that a lot of you know beat writers kind of predicted that he would have, um, and it essentially translated uh, into week you know translated to week one. And so, this is a guy that could t- could potentially uh, pay dividends for you as you know as early as next week and in the weeks ahead. Um, the Bears, I've been really high on them this offseason. Unfortunately, they had a, a crappy showing in week one. And, it, you know, it, the way things are trending could potentially be another tough year for the Bears. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a lot of trailing game scripts, a lot of negative game scripts for them. So this could benefit Rochon Johnson pretty heavily. He's a priority add. We still need to put, again, we still need to pay attention to, you know, the game scripts that they'll be in. Um, they're not going to get blown out 38 to 20 every week, but who knows? Because that offensive line did not give Justin Fields, you know, much time to to, to make it make decisions and throw the ball. Pressured on 40 42 percent of his dropbacks, not good, not good, not good. Now moving on to the Ravens backfield, who we talked about earlier. The, the ads here are pretty simple: Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Um, Justice Hill three percent owned on Yahoo, point three percent, point three percent on ESPN. 
And Sleeper, he's basically not owned at all. Um, basically not owned at all. Has a 0% uh, next him. Uh, and then Gus Edwards is 20% on on Yahoo, 21% on uh, ESPN, and 20% on Sleeper. So his own his ownership percentage is pretty consistent across the three major platforms. But these two running backs, they split the carries down the middle, eight and eight. Um, Gus Edwards had eight carries for 32 yards, and Justice Hill had eight carries for nine yards, but he scored two touchdowns. And he had two red zone carries over Gus Edwards, which, you know, is, is something to note. Maybe it was game flow. Maybe he was just the next guy up. I think going forward, Gus would pro- should pro- would probably be the early down guy and the red zone guy. And I think uh, Justice Hill is his his specialty is uh, is coming in on third downs and and through the passing game. And so um, the Ravens did say that they're going to elevate Melvin Gordon. John Harbaugh did was was interviewed today, and he said that he's going to elevate uh, Melvin Gordon and that they're comfortable with their running back room, which indicates they may not add a veteran um, from the outside like a Leonard Fournette, like a Kareem Hunt or anybody that's, you know, just kind of sitting out there waiting for a call. And, but um, with that being said, it, it would, it would be worth it if you have the extra bench space to add either Melvin Gordon or to add one of the guys that I mentioned, like, uh, like Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt, just in case, just in case one of these guys, uh, just, you know, the Ravens decide to call one of them. It could potentially be worth it, could potentially be worth it as a stash, as a stash. If you have the extra bench spaces, uh, if you play in a league that has like seven or eight bench spots, at the end of your rosters, the, the guys that you want to add are backup running backs because those are the guys that fall into the most opportunities year in and year out in fantasy. So that's those those are probably some 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 decent ads um, that you can look towards. Um, and then rounding out the running backs is uh, Tajay Spears, uh, running back for the Titans. He is 15% owned on Yahoo, 11.8% owned on ESPN, and 24% owned on Sleeper. The key here with him is he outsnapped Derrick Henry. Outsnapped Derrick Henry in a game that they lost by one point. So they weren't trailing by a ton throughout the game, but they lost by one point. Um, they, he outsnapped him 34 to 30, um, but he had a 50% route participation. 50%. Um, four targets on 20 routes run. So that's something to note there. They did say that he was going to be the the third down back, the passing downs back, and it was pretty indicative of his usage uh, um, this past Sunday. Um, now, through, now on the ground, three carries, 27 yards, had a long of 17. So, you know, pretty efficient there. But he only had one catch on one target. Uh, I'm sorry, one catch um, through the air. Seven opportunities, four touches. I mean, what what more can you ask for, right? What more can you ask for 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 a guy that's you know just getting getting a little bit of the work? Um, his his role may grow as the season progresses, but it was a little encouraging, um, little encouraging because we don't really see much um, activity from from guys who, that are playing behind Derrick Henry. So for Tajay Spears to kind of carve out something at the very beginning of the season, that's that's really that's really telling. It's really telling. And then lastly, um, I did I mentioned Josh Kelly at the beginning of the show. Um, 16 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he he looked really good. He looked really good on Sunday uh, uh, for the Chargers. And then with this Austin Eckler ankle injury, he could definitely uh, be a guy that can you can slot into. You could potentially slot in um, to your RB two slot or maybe flex spot, especially on an offense that's going to score points. They scored 34 points um, against the Dolphins. And, you know, Josh Kelly was looking really good and he 19 carry 19 percent of his carries went for 10 plus yards, 10 plus yards. So um, he he was he, he was looking pretty looking pretty shifty out there, looking pretty shifty out there. So those are the running backs. 
uh, to, to, to targeting waiver wires. Moving on to wide receivers, my favorite position, wide receivers. Let's uh, let's go ahead and start in on, in Los Angeles um, with the Rams. It's obvious you guys probably should have ha- had Puka Nakua on your on your teams already with the with the uh, with the Cooper Cup news. If you didn't, go ahead and get him. Prioritize him. Now I know Cooper Cup is going to be back in a couple of weeks, but just just listen to what Puka Nakua did last Sunday. He was one of two players on Sunday to have a 40% target share and target rate. Zay Flowers was the other one, right? He had 15 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards. Participated in a route at 90% of Matthew Stafford's dropbacks. That is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. He basically just slotted in and he was Cooper Cup 2.0 or Cooper Cup Light or whatever you want to call it. Like the, the guy is legit. The guy can ball. And he was getting a lot of buzz in camp, throughout training camp, throughout preseason that he was going to play a role at some point. Now, even when Cooper Cup comes back, obviously Cooper Cup is going to dominate targets, but one of these guys is going to is going to still carve out a role at least as a number 2. I mean, if he can get, you know, 7 8 targets a game, that would that would be fantastic. That'd be pretty good, right? It'd be pretty good. Um but the other guy to to get as well is Tutu Atwell. We talked about him on um, on the Off the Line show, the latest Off the Line show uh, with with Eugene. I mean, Tutu Atwell was another guy that was getting a lot of um, when when the Cooper Cup injury was announced, he was going to be slotting in as a number two uh, wide receiver um, behind Van Jefferson, um, and he had eight targets, six catches, one hundred and nineteen yards. Played seventy nine percent of the snaps. Um, his A dot was fourteen, so he was getting targeted heavily down the field. So he's He's another he's another guy that you should definitely look towards um in your waiver wire. Unfortunately, Van Jefferson face planted didn't really do well. Uh, Puka and and Tutu they 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 worked well ahead of him. They worked well ahead of him. There's I mean it it's over for it's over for Van Jefferson. It's over. He had his chance to to be a number one. Um, he's always just kind of been a field stretcher. He hasn't really commanded targets at a high rate throughout his career, even when he's out opportunity. Um, so that's unfortunate. It it is unfortunate. So, um, but these two guys, um, these these should be your two top wide receiver uh, targets if they're still available in leagues. Um, their 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 ownership percentage is still relatively low, at least sixty five to seventy percent uh, widely available across the three major platforms. But I my, I would imagine by the end of uh, by the end of Wednesday that should be that should climb to like the at least sixty percent mark. And so uh, full ownership. So uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out. Uh, so next, going to Pittsburgh, um, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson uh, resurrected himself uh, on Sunday, participated in around 88%, um, had five catches for 64 yards on eight targets, and he mostly played out of the slot. Now, Allen Robinson is available, in, or he's only rostered in 1.7% of ESPN leagues, 3% in Yahoo leagues, and 5% in sleeper leagues. So he's widely available. Over ninety five percent on 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 across all of the all the platforms. So he's basically free. Um, I don't think many people are going to prioritize him because all of the all of the the dollars, especially the fab dollars and the waiver priorities, are going to be used on on Puka and Tutu. But Allen Robinson could fly under the radar. Um, so definitely pick him up. Um, if Deontay Johnson is going to miss multiple weeks um, with that hamstring injury, which which all indications show that he is, and Allen Robinson is going to slot right in. Um, Pittsburgh is not going to run into a freight train every single week when they played the 49ers, who just bullied them, um, bullied them into submission. So it's not going to be, you know, uh, you know, a game like like that. But 
Allen Robinson should see, should see plenty, plenty of opportunity uh, moving forward if Deontay Johnson's going to miss this time. All right. And then next, uh, we're going to go to New England and we're going to go with Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver. He's only owned on in 2% of sleeper leagues, 2% on Yahoo leagues, and 2% on ESPN leagues. Now, a Patriots wide receiver. Is it is it is it really a good thing to 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 use Fab on a Patriots wide receiver? We see this every year. Somebody flashes, and then they do nothing. Um, you know, most of the, the you know the remainder of the time. Well, I mean, I, I think I think Kendrick Bourne this time around could be a little could be legit could be legit. Um, he was the wide receiver six overall in the week. Played ninety one percent of the snaps. Um, he had six catches for sixty four yards and two touchdowns on eleven targets. 93% route participation. Uh, these are these are metrics uh, that you can get behind. That means he's on the field for the majority of the snaps, running routes more than it more than anyone else on the team, and he's getting all the opportunities that he can get. And so um, the only the only drawback here though is uh, Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton were both injured, so we'll have to monitor his usage uh, moving forward. Um, to see, like, once they get back, once they get healthy, is he going to stay, you know, maintain um, this level of target share uh, or this route participation or, or things of that nature? <sighs> that remains to be seen, but I, I like what I saw from Kendrick Bourne, so I I, I would definitely uh, take a shot at him um, on on waivers uh, this week. Uh, so that rounds out wide receivers. I'm going to move to tight ends really quick, um, and then we're going to we're actually going to stay in New England. Um, Hunter Henry had a really really good game against the Eagles, but he's only owned on 6.9% of sleeper leagues, 4% on ESPN, and 16% on Yahoo. Um, he participated in around 72%, um, caught five five passes for 56 yards and a touchdown on six targets. And so um, now I know that game was, you know, it was 16 to nothing before you knew it. So they were they were in a negative game script. But the, the, the encouraging thing is, like, even in the rainstorm, they were able to, you know, to kind of play from behind and, 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 and We'll we'll talk about Mac Jones here in a second, but um, I like the target the the target distribution um, that that we saw in New England in that passing game, and they actually have a real offensive coordinator this year in Bill O'Brien um, versus you know whoever whoever was calling plays for them last year. I think it was Matt Pater- Matt Patricia who had no prior experience calling plays, which was weird. Um, but Hunter Henry he was a late round uh, tight end uh, pr- uh, target of mine in drafts. Um, throughout the summer so if you punted the position and it's if you punted the position um you know waiting waiting late to you know to grab your tight end you know avoiding the travis kelsey avoiding mark andrews george kittle dallas goddard kyle pitts all those guys uh hawkinson um and then you just kind of settle for hunter henry hunter henry was actually the the tight end one on the week (laughs) he was the tight end one on the week which was which is which was really weird to say but obviously he's not going to you know sustain sustain this level of production but if it's if it's not going to cost you anything to acquire him you know, go ahead and use a little use a little something on him because especially if you need a tight end cuz tight end historically week in week out year in and year out is a dumpster fire and you just want somebody to fall in the end zone and he did more than just fall in the end zone and so Hunter Henry tight end priority add um and then we'll just round it out with Hayden Hurst tight end for the Panthers only 11.6% owned on sleeper. Um, he went five for 41 um, and a touchdown on seven targets. Um, he looked looked like a pretty frequent target for for Bryce for rookie Bryce Young. Um, Atlanta got after them, and so um, we we did see we did see him you know 
get all this, you know, get get all the targets without. Um, I think believe I, I believe DJ Chark was injured. Adam Thielen was kind of banged up with his ankle. Um, but but I like what I saw out of out of Hayden Hurst. So he's a he's another add. And then just kind of rounding it out, Adam Troutman. We talked about that um, earlier with the Greg Dolchich injury. Seventy-two percent snaps went five for thirty-four. Um, he was a tight end nine, I believe, on this on the on the week. And then Luke Musgrave uh, for the Packers. Now he's probably he's more owned than these um, than the three guys that I mentioned above. Um, only, but he is still owned on twenty-eight percent of sleeper leagues. Um, he could have had a huge day. Could have had a huge day. Jordan Love missed him wide open on a on a on a corner route. I think in the second quarter and then later on he caught a wide open pass and then he just couldn't keep keep his feet and he he would have just walked into the end zone and hit him on the goalpost. So but he finished with three catches for 50 yards. But again, could have had a bigger day. He's he's playing on m- majority of the snaps, so he is the tight end to own in Green Bay. And then we're just going to just the last the last thing I'll I'll talk about is just um there's only one quarterback that I I would probably prioritize in waivers. Uh, or if I was going to get a quarterback streamer, it would probably be Mac Jones. Mac Jones, uh, I know that you know it's 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 crazy that I have three New England Patriots, in you know for 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 waiver wire targets, but I, I think this is a really encouraging uh, performance from Mac Jones. Um, he's thirteen percent owned on Sleeper, eight percent on Yahoo, four point nine percent on ESPN. Um, this is actually his highest weekly fantasy finish of his career. He was the QB two overall. The QB2, Mac Jones, over 300 yards and three touchdowns against an Eagles defense, you know, that had uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, they were, he was, he was carving them up in the rain. Now he's playing from behind. He was trailing. Yes, he was, but he was, he was dealing. He was dealing out there. Uh, and Kendrick Bourne was his number one receiver. So um, Mac Jones, like, it, he, again, he, he finally has an offensive coordinator. And I've been highly critical of Mac Jones. I haven't really thought he's been, you know, very good throughout his, you know, first couple of years in his NFL career. But this is a very, very encouraging sign. So this is, if there's a, if you need a quarterback, if you're trying to prioritize, if you're trying to get a, you know, a quarterback streamer and you, you know, kind of whiffed on, you know, your, your quarterback pick, it's worth, a, it, he's worth a pickup. He's worth a little fab. He's worth a little fab. So Mac Jones is my only quarterback ad of the week. So, you know, that 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 basically that's all I got for you guys uh, for for waiver wire pickups um, on the week. Um, just to recap, quarterback Mac Jones, running backs, Kyron Williams, Roshan Johnson, uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. And then if you want to sprinkle a little on Melvin Gordon or any of the other guys, uh, Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt. Yeah, definitely, you know, stash them if you have extra bench space. Um, Tajay Spears for the Titans. And then Joshua Kelly with the injury to Austin Eckler. And then wide receivers, both of the ones in Los Angeles, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. Um, Allen Robinson, Kendrick Bourne, and then tight ends, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, um, Adam Troutman, and then Luke Musgrave should probably already be rostered. But if he's not, pick him up. He's a starter, and he's going to get targets. All right, so that concludes it. Appreciate y'all you know, t- tuning in and tapping in um, to this episode. Um, I'll be back next week um, with... Week three, waiver wire uh, ads and pickups. Until then, churn those rosters. Good luck to you guys in week two. I'll let y'all. Peace out. Peace out.